Welcome to Follow Up, the podcast that helps you build personal, authentic relationships with the people that matter most to your business. Each week, we interview the top sales experts and business coaches to outline the specific tactics you can implement today to increase your referrals and better nurture your leads. I'm Tony Capper, the host of this follow-up episode and the co-founder at Contactually, a CRM built for people just like you. On this episode of Follow-Up, I'm excited to chat with Katie Lance. Katie is an executive coach, a speaker, a writer, and, and a consultant that knows the social media world inside and out. Now, I know what you might be thinking, social media, I've got that, I know how to use Facebook and Twitter. Well, let me tell you, uh, the work that Katie does is far beyond that. And, and really, if you're a business owner who's trying to implement a social media strategy to help you better engage with your customers and do so in a really genuine and authentic way, Katie is the person who knows best. Uh, I've gotten to know her really well over the past couple years and gotten to know her within the real estate world, but uh, she actually works with not only realtors, but lots of other small businesses and executives as well. So really excited to chat with her. She's got a really a lot of great tactical advice in this podcast as well. So get a pen and paper handy and uh, you won't want to miss this. Well, Katie, thanks again for joining us on today's podcast. I'm really excited to dig in and and learn a little more around uh, some of the recommendations you have for folks when it comes to building their business on social media. Do you want to just give us a little bit of background on yourself and, and what you do? Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Tony. I really appreciate it. Um, I have been in the sales and marketing world for for close to 20 years, which I feel like really dates me. (laughs) But uh, been in that world for a long time and and really kind of the last 10 focused on social. Um, I was previously with Inman News. I was the chief strategist and social media director for Inman News for three years, did a lot of speaking and writing and a lot of great things with Inman. And in 2012, uh, decided to go out on my own and opened up my uh, my own consulting firm. So I currently do social media consulting, coaching, and speaking. Um, I primarily work with companies. Uh, I do company consulting from small, you know, scrappy startup companies to large organizations, really helping them get their arms around their social media strategy. Um, and then I also do some group coaching for real estate agents, and then I do a lot of speaking. I've, I'm fortunate enough to be at a lot of the real estate events um, and other events outside of real estate um, all across the country. Awesome. Well, like, like like I said, I'm really excited to have you on today's show and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, before we dig in, I'm curious. You and I have met each other. Uh, we've met each other once. We've talked a few times. So I think we know each other a little bit, but I'd love what's something that you think most people don't know about you that you could share just to get us help us get to know you a little bit better? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think one thing that I'll um, I guess on a professional level, a lot of people don't know about me is I actually got my start in marketing um, doing direct marketing. I worked for a direct marketing company called Vector Marketing, which markets Cutco. Uh, Cutco is a cutlery organization. It's been around for, I don't know, 50, 60 years. And um, it's a big company that hires college students to sell to sell cutlery, to sell knives. And uh, that's where I really got my start. And I feel like if, if you could do direct sales <laughs> in someone's home uh, and learn how to build rapport, learn, learn how to promote yourself, this is back before email and, you know, really the internet, really. Um, I did that for actually eight years. I worked my way through college uh, and then became 
uh, a district manager and did a lot of recruiting and training. And that's really kind of where I got a lot of my training ground for um, for marketing and for branding and for the just the people skills that as I look to where I'm at right now in social media, that really kind of laid the groundwork for, for where I'm at today. So I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realize about me. That was sort of my pre-real estate days. Sure. <laughs> you cut your teeth in Cutco, man. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always surprised the number of people I know that, that got their career started at Cutco. And I totally agree with you. If you can do door-to-door sales or in-person <laughs> sales, you can do pretty much anything. That's totally. pretty cool. Um, well, look, I, I know you've got a lot of expertise and experience around helping companies really develop their social media presence, and that's what we're focusing this podcast on today. But maybe why don't we start at like the, like the 30,000-foot level when it comes to, to helping businesses really be a lot more authentic and, and to build that strategy around social media. What does that well, what does that mean at the highest level? Well, we'll start there, and then we'll dig into some of the tactics. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, I mean, nowadays, social's not really an, an option anymore. You know, we're not at that point where people are like, oh, should we be on social media? I mean, for, for the most part, you know, companies, small and large, are on Facebook or they're on, you know, other mm-hmm. social platforms. So I think at a 30,000-foot level, it's really about figuring out, obviously a strategy that's going to drive business, drive traffic, drive leads, but also social is still such a a unique beast in so many ways. And the fact that it is social, that's the first word in social media is that it's social. And that's typically one of the things that most companies, large and small struggle with is how to engage that social piece of it in a really real and authentic way. And so that's one of the big things I, I do with a lot of companies I work with is just, you know, figure out the strategy in terms of content and advertising, all of that stuff's important. But then how do you get real and how do you really connect with people? Because when people connect with brands or companies or even, you know, people like yourself on social, mm-hmm. that's how relationships are built. And that's that's where a lot of times sales are made. We buy from people we know, like and trust in person and certainly online, too. Sure. Well, I think I think, you know, the natural inclination that I know I have when I think about building a presence, building our own presence as, from contextually, building our presence on social media is that. You know, look, we're young, we're smart people, we, we understand how to use Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. So what do you think is, what do you think when you hear that attitude that, look, I know what I'm doing on social, what do I need <laughs> to think about a strategy for? <laughs> right, right. Well, it's true. I mean, I think that there's people of all different ages, young, old, and in the middle who have a really good handle on social. Um, but I think using social for yourself personally, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or Facebook, it's a whole other ballgame when you when you look at it from a company perspective and whether you're a company of one or you're a company of a few hundred, it's just a whole other ball game because now you're looking at resources and time and money. Um, and if you don't have a strategy, it's just like throwing something against the wall and seeing if it'll stick. And for a lot of times with social, if you don't have a strategy, you know, people will think, Oh yeah, well, I've got this covered. I, I know social, but if you don't actually have a plan in place, just like any other marketing plan, what will happen is your social media will be really haphazard, right? Mm. You'll you'll have a promotion, you'll have a sale, you'll have some you know some kind of cool event, and you take a picture and you're oh cool we Instagram that we Snapchatted it, instead of having it be part of a big ecosystem, a, something a, a part of something bigger, and that's where that strategy where you have someone like myself or another consultant or strategist come in and go well let's look at things from a thirty thousand foot view, and how does this fit into that? 
I think, yeah, I think the, the comparison between personal and, and doing it for your business, I think that's the disconnect where a lot of folks have, right? They, they understand how to post photos of their, you know, dog and, and baby and friends online. But, but yeah, that's probably not all that strategic when it comes to building your business. Well, no. one of the things, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about saying, oh, you know, I've got so many followers on Twitter, or I'm really, I'm shooting to get X number of likes on Facebook. Is that, is that, when you think of a goal around your strategy, is that the objective that people are trying to just get more reach through more likes and more followers, or is there something deeper? So maybe to rephrase, what's the real goal of some of a, of a business trying to build their social presence? Well, I think that's a good question, first of all. I, I think likes and followers, they're, they're kind of the low-hanging fruit. I mean, it certainly doesn't tell the whole story, but it isn't, it's the easiest thing to measure just right out of the gate, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are looking at the next 12 months and you want to, you know, look at, look at how can we increase our likes from 5,000 to 20,000 or whatever that might be, you know, it's, that's an easy thing to track right now. I don't necessarily think likes and followers are the, are the end all and be all because the reality is on any social platform, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or whatever, the reality is, is that most of those people do not see every post that you, that you put out there. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be, you put out a post. I mean, Twitter's a great example. I have, I don't know, 23,000 followers on Twitter. I tweet something and on average probably 1,000 or 1,500 people will see it at any given time. Um, and Facebook is, you know, a lot worse because of Facebook's algorithm. So mm -hmm. you can certainly track that stuff, but I think to take it to that next level is to look at who's really engaging with you, what are the best times of day to post, what's the most strategic way to get, like, the most bang for your buck. So when you do post that one or two or three or 10 things or whatever, that the most people, the most qualified people are going to see it. And then I think the last part of that too is, is thinking about your overall goal of what it is you want to want to achieve, whether it's leads or increased traffic to your website, um, you know, monetization, all of those things can be measured. But at the end of the day, looking at the fact that social media in general is about the marathon and not the sprint. So it's really tough to come into a company who wants, you know, this massive, you know, 500% increase <laughs> in traffic in two weeks. Like that's probably not going to happen unless we have this sure. huge ad, bud ad budget, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it could happen, but it's about things that happen over the course of time. Yeah. I, I like this, I like where you started saying around the, like the vanity metrics of just the likes and, and followers. That's, that's not, it. it's really the engagement that you really care about when, yeah. when you work with companies, what do you think is should should be the primary um, reason or objective why someone's even wanting to get really engaged in social? Right? Is it is it to drive more awareness, more brand awareness that'll bring more leads in the door? Is it to engage with customers, or is it something else? I, I'm trying to get really brass tacks here around like why someone. You know, I'm a business owner myself. Why should I invest time in making Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and any of the other social media platforms a priority? Right. Well, it's usually not just one primary thing. It's usually a combination of things. So I think that brand awareness is a big part of it. Uh, just being able to, to connect with a brand on a social media level. It's like, it's like that old marketing philosophy of, you know, a customer has to see your ad five times before they do something with it. Right. And it's kind of the same thing with social. The more you're on social, the more you build that brand awareness. And that certainly helps. Um, I think, you know, I, I do think that there's other opportunities as well, though. I think that, you know, uh, generating leads can be a big, big opportunity, especially with some of the advertising opportunities like Facebook and Twitter advertising specifically can be, uh, not can, but are huge opportunities for lead generation um, as well as list building. Um, and then I think the other sort of big untapped area is to connect with your brand evangelists. 
you know, every brand, every company has raving fans, you know, whether you're, you know, an independent realtor or you're, you know, big multimillion dollar corporation, pretty much every company I've ever worked with has got at least a handful of people that just would shout from the rooftops how great you are. And there's a big opportunity in social to really kind of roll up your sleeves and get to know those people. Like, you know, not just reach out and say, Hey, you know, can you, can you retweet this or, <laughs> you know, can you do this for me? But really connect with those people. Um, that's something that I'm, I'm really proud of with, with some of the work I did with Inman. I helped found the Inman ambassador program and those 200 raving fans of Inman have a social reach of over 2 million. And that took time, right? That whole relationship took, took really years. And, but you know, now I look at where Inman is with social and, and the work that, that has happened since I've left. And it's, it's so exciting to see like where that sort of small group is in the ecosystem of everything else. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, you mentioned a little bit ago, the notion of, um, I guess the paid work you can do in social, it'd be a little different, maybe the different focus from organic. But I think what I heard you say is when you're focusing on organic, it really, the organic engagement on social gives you a chance to really build those, uh, those raving fans, engage with those ambassadors that are going to help you build your brand. Can you walk us through, Again, really, I'm I'm a big like metrics and and really tactical uh, person. That that's just this is who I am. So I would love to to hear if if we're trying to leverage, let's say, Facebook or Twitter to better engage those really strong um, ambassadors of our particular company or brand. What should we be focused on, and 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 what should we be doing? Like, what do you recommend to your clients typically if they're trying to do that type of engagement? So I think you know one of the one of the big things is to really kind of in my opinion, take a step back from social. And I uh, usually the first step that I'll recommend with a company I'm working with is I will look at what content are they putting out there? Like what, what's their brand story? Are they creating any content? Are they doing blog posts? Are they doing videos? Are they doing live streaming like Periscope or Meerkat or some of the other things that are coming out? Because the creating content part of it is really, really valuable. Um, especially when you're trying to engage with influencers and build your brand and engage with evangelists or masters or, or whatever we want to call them. Um, so that's kind of the first step is I always look to see, are, are they creating any content? And, and if not, like putting together a content strategy, you know, because when you have consistent content, as you know, whether it's once a week or a couple times a week and you get on the sort of that schedule and you get on an editorial calendar and you start thinking about, you know, content 30, 60, 90 days out, then you can really go, okay, so we've got this great piece of content. So how does that work across multiple channels? So if I wrote a great blog post, that blog post doesn't just get pushed out once. It might, you know, also be turned into a video, which might also get posted to Facebook. And then I might do an ad on that. I sure. might also so this like cross pollinization and sounds yeah, like your content. Yeah, exactly. And then also I would say one other small thing with that is with content, when you have like raving fans, if you've created something, that you think a raving fan would love, like there's a big opportunity to reach out to that person individually. And there's so much power in that one-to-one, -one, whether it's a piece of content or whatever it might be, and just reach out and go, you know, we just published this, but you know, you've been such a huge supporter on Twitter. Thank you so much for all your retweets. I've been just watching the last couple of weeks and we just really appreciate it. I want to make sure you saw this post first. I want to give you a sneak peek, mm. you know, and it's like those little things that, you know, you talk about metrics, like how do you measure how do you measure that? It's like, how do you measure the conversation that you have with your mom, right? <laughs> but it's like those little conversations that 
make a big difference over the course of time. Yeah, you are you're totally speaking, you know, the language that I've been working with the last four years in kids actually, right? We we are huge believers in the idea that the best businesses are built on really strong, authentic relationships. I often yeah. think about, you know, what's the best channel to deliver that engagement? Right? Should should I be calling someone up on the phone? Should I be emailing them? Should I be Facebook messaging them? What are your what are your thoughts there if I'm trying to engage this this brand ambassador for the business? Yes. Um, well, I, I think all of the above. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> cop out answer, cop out answer. <laughs> exactly, right? No, I, I think I'm, I'm a big believer in sort of meeting them where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. So being a good listener, I think, is a big part of it. So much of social, we just see people just blasting out content, and they're it's almost like they're standing on a chair with a megaphone just shouting, and there's so much value in listening. And, and if a brand is trying to engage with people who are raving fans about their brand, like looking to see, is that person active on Facebook? Or gosh, the last time they posted was six months ago, so maybe they're not too active. But, oh, they're pretty active on Instagram or they're really active on Twitter or whatever it might be. So I always like to try to meet people you know, where they're at. Um, I think generally social media is kind of a safe place to reach out first if you're reaching out from a company versus just sort of calling them out of the blue. Some people are fine with that, but other people it's like, whoa, you're calling me. Mm. <laughs> you know? Feels a little uh, aggressive maybe. Right. Yeah, it just kind of kind of depends. I think on on sort of your relationship or, or whatever that might be. But so, social media, I think, is a, a safe way to do it. I I kind of like to surprise and delight people through social media. So I will do to give you kind of two tactical examples. Sure. I will either number one, uh, I think Twitter video is completely underutilized. So if they're active on Twitter, I'll send them a Twitter video, uh, which is a thirty second video done through Twitter. Most people don't even know that you can do that. I did <laughs> not know that. So you, so you record the video from your laptop or from your phone and then send it through Twitter. Yep, exactly. Send it, send it right through Twitter, and it's people are like, "Wow, that's that's awesome!" Right? Because they hear you and they see you. Um, and the the other thing I'll do if they're not active on Twitter, but if they're a big Facebook person, I love Facebook Messenger, and I specifically love Facebook Messenger for the voice message capability, which again, most people don't realize you can do. You can leave a up to a one minute voice message for someone on Facebook. Of course, you could call somebody if you really know them, but if you don't really know them, you can you know leave a quick message. And I do this for birthdays all the time. You know, I might say, "Hey, Tony, I saw it was your birthday today. I was just thinking about you. Hope you have an awesome day. You know, so happy we've kept in touch here on Facebook." Right? Ten second Facebook personal message. And so I think those are kind of two ways where you can just sort of surprise and delight people, and people don't expect it. And that's that's when you know you're kind of in a a, a cool spot, you know, to um to build your brand. So. I love those ideas. I, I love it, it's sort of like the point we were making earlier around which is their best channel. If you can if you can send that message through a channel or in a way through a channel that's just so novel it's gonna stand out above the noise and sort of like amplifies the message even more. Right. I, I really exactly. like that idea. I'm gonna steal both of those by the oh, way. Oh good. And you know you can do that on Instagram too. You can send private messages on Instagram, which again, totally underutilized. So mm. you could set a private video a private, you know, image on Instagram too. So yes, <laughs> steal away. <laughs> That's great. What, um, you know, I think I'm sure everyone is, you know, familiar with Facebook, at least to some degree familiar with Twitter, um, and LinkedIn, maybe Instagram. What are some of the other things that maybe people aren't aware of? I know I love those two suggestions you just mentioned, but those are through platforms that I've heard of. What are some platforms, maybe some, some of the listeners or I might not have heard of that really give a good platform to engage with these customers, ambassadors, whatever they are? Sure. Um, well, there's a, a couple different things. I mean, I think there's sort of two two thoughts here. So there's the different platforms to engage with customers and, and you know, uh, sort of your raving fans. And then there's also some other platforms where maybe it's not as um, as noisy and it's sort of new and emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of an exciting place to be. So 
I guess on the first part of that, in terms of connecting with people, I know this isn't too exciting, but LinkedIn is still a really, really great place to connect with people, mm. especially when you're running into someone who is not social savvy. You know, they are, they're not on social media. They're a very private person, but you know that they love your brand. Maybe they've been emailing you. Maybe they're the person who wrote you a letter, <laughs> whatever it might be. LinkedIn in a lot of ways is, a, is still a great way to connect with people on that, on that professional level. It's also a very safe place to connect professionally. It's not creepy to connect with someone on LinkedIn, whereas Facebook, you know, you, it depends, right? It depends on sort of the, the relationship. Um, and I guess the second part of this is, is what are some, some other kind of new and fun emerging platforms? I think at the risk of sounding uh, corny, I think live streaming is a big, big game changer. And we're seeing apps like Periscope and Meerkat. And now there's a new app called Blab that launched just, uh, just recently here. And although those are quieter audiences in some regard, I think we're going to see more and more people uh, engaging on those platforms. Periscope specifically, Periscope has surpassed uh, 10 million users. It's one of the fastest growing social media platforms. And because that with Periscope, basically, in a, in a nutshell, it's it's live broadcasting. Anybody in the world can just hit a button and broadcast. But it's not just a one-way street. People can engage with you. And because it's not flat, like sometimes Facebook feels a little flat. It's like this one-way conversation. It's also sometimes the most the best edited version of yourself. When you're Periscoping or live streaming, it's very real. It's very authentic. So from a brand perspective, I see huge opportunities to do live streaming and sort of give people exclusive content or exclusive opportunities or sneak peeks behind the scenes, interviews with the CEO, and really kind of deliver exclusive content. I also see a lot of that happening on Snapchat as well, which sort of skews to a much younger demographic. Um, we don't see too much of that in real estate, but, but Snapchat's definitely emerging. Um, Periscope, interestingly enough, isn't necessarily a younger demographic right now. It's, it's sort of that, uh, you know, I don't know, Gen X and above, <laughs> which is kind of really. Interesting. So, oh, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yep. What um it, it does that does it still you know through these platforms that are a little more ephemeral like like uh, Periscope or like Snapchat where like you really can't repackage the content because it's there and it's gone. Is that the case or or am I am I mistaking the use of the platform there? Yes and no. It depends. Um, Periscope specifically, and I, I you know honestly I use Periscope a lot more than I than I use Snapchat um, just because I, I still feel like Snapchat skews really young in a lot mm -hmm. of ways and that's just personally not my target demographic um, as well as a lot of the clients I work with just aren't necessarily in that demographic but Periscope specifically uh, you know the way it works is, is it is a live broadcast and there's it only lasts for 24 hours so there's a little bit of urgency around that you know people will tune in live but then you know part of your marketing strategy in fact I was just chatting about this today is is really capturing that 24 hours. So after something goes live, to promote the fact, hey, you know what, I'm going to tweet out the link to this replay, but guess what, you only have until 3 o'clock today to watch it, <laughs> right? And I think because we're living in a world where things are moving so fast and um, there's so much content that's sort of flying by us that that works in a lot of ways. The other side of that, though, is once you have broadcasts, the, the content does get saved to your phone or your tablet, whatever you use to broadcast. So... You can, you can then, you know, edit it if you wanted to. You could throw it up on YouTube to, to keep or whatever it might be. But so I think there's, 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 so it is, you know, kind of in the moment, but there's also some opportunities to, uh, to capture that long term. That's exciting. Yeah, we, uh, I, I, I've used Periscope a little bit. I'm not all that familiar with it, but I, I think it's, you know, seeing you doing more and more of this. I know I've seen folks on Facebook of going into Periscope <laughs> and whatnot. I think I'm, I definitely should take a look. Um, 
in in a, I guess so as we're winding down a little bit here, I, I'd I'd love to um, you know I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening in who maybe have a business that isn't all that engaged on social today and, and they're sort of trying to ask themselves, well, what can I do today or this week to start to build that social following and that social presence? So what would you recommend for someone who doesn't really have a, uh, the basics in place today? What would you recommend? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think that it's important for anybody if they're, if they're not really sh- sure what to do or where they're at, like for one of the things I do with a lot of clients, I usually start off by doing a social media audit and I do that for clients, but I think, you know, an individual or company could almost do a self audit themselves where they take, you know, 10 or 20 minutes and they go through all of their social media handles and all, everywhere that sort of social touches. And it actually probably takes a lot longer than 10 or 20 minutes. Um, you, but because what I found is a lot of companies, you know, social media, a Facebook page was started five years ago by somebody who's not here anymore. And somebody once upon a time started a Twitter account, but we don't know where the password is, right? I, I see this all the time. And so how can you fix something if you don't really know what the problem is? So I would say as a first step, you know, do a little bit of a self-audit, get the right people in the room, take the time to to just kind of comb through, get all your passwords in one place, pull up everything and and, and and sort of see where you're at. And then after you've done that, I would recommend making making a decision to to really kind of move forward on probably one or two platforms. You know, I, I don't necessarily think you need to be all things to all people. I don't think a company necessarily needs to be on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and Snapchat and Periscope and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like pick one or two and just like crush those. So once you've picked those one or two, and I, I would probably recommend Facebook being one of them because that's still the biggest social media platform that's out there. So maybe it's, you know, Facebook and Instagram as an example. Pick those two and then really look to see you know, from a visual standpoint, what does it look like? Is that consistent? Is it a consistent brand brand experience as it would be if they went to my website? Is it consistent with colors and logos and content? Is my contact information on there? If someone goes on my Facebook page, you know, will they have my email? Will they be able to contact me? Some of that, some of that basic stuff. And then I would, and then I think the last the last piece of that is I would take a step back and go, okay, well, what type of content could we put be putting out on this platform? And start to really brainstorm. What are the things? that we are known for? What are the things that we get asked all the time? What is our area of expertise? And just kind of whiteboard it, you know, take out a notepad and paper or whiteboard it and just start brainstorming topics and content. Um, and that start to sort of form the beginning stages of, of putting together a strategy. So, so at some point you might be able to say, okay, great, we've got, you know, 40 ideas on the whiteboard of things that we get asked all the time and questions I get emailed all the time. Great, let's let's hone that down into a strategy. So every Tuesday, we're going to do Tip Tuesday, where we're giving a tip about X, Y, Z. Every Friday is going to be Fun Friday, because we do a barbecue every week you know, in the office. So you know that, that kind of starts to form that strategy. And then really the, the, <laughs> the next big piece is really figuring out who's going to do it, hmm. who's going to implement, and who's going to own it. Who and it. when, I suppose, right? Yeah, who and when. And it might just be, hey, you've got somebody who already has a full-time job, but they could take it on five hours a week. It's like, start there. I think so many times we just overanalyze like analysis paralysis and then we don't do anything, <laughs> right? Totally. So start there and you can always, you know, move up and, you know, and, and maybe hire somebody else at some point or whatever it may be, but take those baby steps. And and how does someone know whether this is, whether it's it's successful or not? Whether, you know, let's say someone's investing five or 10 hours a week and, and they're posting content regularly. What what should that look like? Let's say 30 days or, or three months in. So 
I would look at, I, I would start by, like I said, I think the, the low hanging fruit is that it is, it is easy, easy to monitor likes and followers. That, that's at a basic amount. I think that's an easy thing. I'd open up a, a Google doc. I'd open up a spreadsheet and put, you know, okay, day one, this is where we're at. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would monitor that every 30 days for the next six to 12 months, you know, every month monitor where we're at with likes and not that that's again, everything, but that's, that's kind of a base point. I would also look at reach. Uh, especially with Facebook. If you have a Facebook business page, you can click on insights. Many people don't take advantage of insights. Your insights has a tremendous amount of detail. So looking at your insights, I would recommend once a month and go, okay, what's our reach? What were our top posts of the month? Uh, what were the, the top three things that people really, really you know, liked and engaged with? Um, you know, And then I would probably also, if I was doing any advertising, put in some advertising numbers there as well and see uh, you know, how that helped our reach. So you know, I would say focused on likes, but also really the reach. And then the last part of it too, if you have the, the time and bandwidth is to look at your Google analytics to see what your increase is in traffic. You know, I've got a, a really great specific example. I was working with Zephyr real estate here in the San Francisco Bay area. They're just a fantastic, um, local brokerage and their big goal was traffic. And so that's what we were monitoring. You know, likes are great. Engagement was great, but traffic was a big, big thing. So we were able in just you know, about three or four months to increase their website traffic by 40%. And we did that by, by tracking it and by having a consistent, uh, you know, consistent strategy day in and day out and week in and week out. So it's just little things like that that really make a big difference. Yeah, I, I like this idea of just, you know, make something happen, implement it, track yeah. to see how it goes and, and, and see how it changes over time, whether it's traffic, whether it's likes, whatever it is. What do you have any benchmarks in terms of what should what what success, quote unquote, should look like for your typical business starting out on Facebook? Let's say, like I said, three, six, 12 months in. Sure. Well, I think I think traffic is one of the easiest things to affect, especially if you have content on your website that you're driving traffic to. Um it's really hard to drive traffic to your website if you're not creating any content, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're creating content on your website and you're driving traffic to your website, you know, it's, it's, it's very reasonable to, to say, okay, if we put in a, a, a consistent schedule and we put in a consistent plan, there's no reason why we couldn't increase our traffic by a minimum of 25% upwards to, you know, 40, maybe 50%. I think that's very reasonable within three to six months. Um, part of that depends on frequency so making sure you're posting consistently, there's really, you know, there's no magic number, but at least once a day. So having a system in place for what that looks like um, in terms of posting once a day or scheduling content once a day. And then also putting a little bit of money behind that, especially for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, like it or not, Facebook is kind of a pay to play when it comes, for, comes to businesses. So um, gone are the days where you can just focus 100% on organic traffic. Every once in a while you can, but, <laughs> um, you know, advertising has got to be a part of it too. I hear you. Well, on that on that note, I know we're uh, we're not going to have time to delve into a lot of the the paid work you can do on social, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or elsewhere. But if folks want to learn more about how to build out a paid campaign, or just in general, if they want to dig more into how they can be more active on social from you or from others, where should they go? Absolutely. Um, I have a, I have a ton of free resources on my website. I've got lots of videos and, and blog posts and tutorials all about social media strategy, organic, paid. Um, uh, you know, in, in every single platform <laughs> that you could think of. Uh, my website's just katielance.com. Uh, they can go there and, and get lots of free resources. The blog has tons of content on there. Um, I'd also encourage, you know, people too, you know, even if they're just kind of in the in the early stages to go to 
um, some of the free resources that Facebook and Twitter has. You know, if you go to facebook.com forward slash ads, there is a plethora of information. Uh, and Facebook just recently um, uh, improved this whole interface. You can, there's all kinds of tutorials and, and tips from Facebook about advertising, and which I think is really helpful. And with Twitter, they have the same things. If you go to ads.twitter.com, ads.twitter.com, there's a lot of free resources. There's some great free analytics um, to look at for Twitter. So feel free to go to my website, katielance.com, but there's also some great resources that are that are out there also on other platforms. Awesome, Katie. Well, you know, I, I always love a conversation where I feel like I come away a little bit smarter, and I feel it definitely happened here today, so I really appreciate the time and the help uh, uh, walking us through some of the some of the work that you do. Any any parting words for folks today from today's podcast or one last-minute piece of advice that we didn't cover? Oh, boy. <laughs> I know, putting you on the spot, right? Know, Summarize everything to one. <laughs> one concise point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, honestly, I mentioned this a second ago, but sometimes I think we suffer from analysis paralysis, and as much as I believe in, in strategy and having a really strategic plan when it comes to integrating social media into to your business and your brand, at some point you just have to pull the trigger and you just have to do it. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sound silly on video. You're going to write the wrong thing. You're going to post at the wrong time on Facebook, but you just got to do it. And mm -hmm. the more you do it, the better you get, the, the more you learn, the, the more you realize what works for your audience, what works and what doesn't work. So, um, I just recommend I'll just steal Nike's uh, Nike's tagline say. and say, just do it. <laughs> Some free advertising for Nike, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cool. Well, Katie, I, I think you're totally spot on. You know, I forget this. It's that Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. And, exactly. and that, that that certainly applies here as well. So uh, so there you have it. Well, again, really appreciate the time. Uh, I'm really excited about some of the advice you shared. And I feel like I've got a few things I want to start trying out on my social accounts as well. So um, thanks again for your time. And as you heard, if you have any other questions and if you want to learn more about Katie, you can take a look at her website. That's just Katie Lance, K-A-T-I-E-L-A-N-C-E.com. Thanks again, Katie. Take care. Thanks, Tony. That is it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and hopefully you're coming away with actionable steps you plan to take and, and implement in your business today. This podcast was produced with love from the folks at Contactually. At Contactually, we think 24-7 about how to help people build better relationships. We've taken the best practices from experts around the world, including many of the folks we've interviewed on our own podcast, and baked them into a CRM built specifically for people in professional services. Realtors, consultants, lawyers, mortgage brokers, you name it. If you're in the business of building your own client base and want to increase your referrals and better close new clients, check out a free 30-day trial of Contactually CRM at contactually.com. That's contact, U-A-L-L-Y.com. And of course, if you're looking for more info on today's episode or any previous follow-up episodes, check out contactually.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.